The Lynn Group Advisors, LLC, is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Wealth Puzzle. As always, got my good friend, my co-host here, Tony Shore. Tony, thanks for joining us. You know, we're obviously current events, right? Today, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus. We're going to be talking about the stock market. We're going to be talking about economics. We're going to give everybody the state of the union. Um, <clears throat> this thing is obviously crazy. It's upsetting. It's emotional. It, it all news is a uh, hundred hours a day covering it full time. Everything in front of your face is coronavirus, chaos, 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 <laughs> I, you know, well, chaos. First of all, a couple of things about that. There aren't a hundred hours in a day. <clears throat> well, it sure feels like if you it turn does. on the news, I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. they, good golly, man, it's incredible. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's true. It feels like there's at least a hundred hours of news about the coronavirus every right. day. Oh, it's yeah. just it's relentless, and yeah. it's, you know, and, it, and it's tough too. It um because what it does is it only it only highlights like the bad and never any of the good. I mean, even even the the Tom Hanks story, I feel like got no real major news play, but I thought it was fun. You know, Tom Hanks got the coronavirus. He was yep. in Australia, right? Yep. He was quarantined for two weeks. Uh, he had the equivalence of saying he felt a little shaky, you know, was how bad it got. And then I saw something subtly somewhere, which made me Google it. And he's already back in the U.S. Yep. He's already yep. back to normal. And it's funny because... Home. You know, you think, God, we, I wish we could hear more of those stories instead of the, blah, you know, blood in the street <laughs> story, which look, people are dying. This is bad. It's very upsetting. You know, we don't want to make jokes about morbidity and things of that nature. Right, right. But it's nice to get a little bit of a positive perspective on some of this, right? The positive right. perspective is yeah. that. Not everybody gets really sick. Not everybody dies. Not everybody, right. the end is near. And to be fair, Tony, that's kind of the vibe I get when I talk to a lot of people. Yeah. It's how people act. Yeah, it's true. I think people are um, panicked out there. And, and again, the 100-hour news cycle uh, no, that we have, we have going on whips them into a frenzy. There are some positives. I find some fun stories. You know, it's funny. You said the name of the show is The Wealth Puzzle. And speaking of puzzles, quite popular right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're doing some puzzles at home. Yep. My wife and I are working on a thousand piece puzzle. It's very exciting. Yeah. Right the news That's... interviewed this couple where they, they make their own puzzles and they'll make custom puzzles. Really? And it's just they own a puzzle store with thousands and thousands of puzzles and they do oh, online ordering and they said they can't keep up. They All can't the rage. Keep up. Yeah. All the rage. Puzzles well. are big. Board games are big. Mm -hmm. uh, people playing Catan is a big game. Board game people are playing. There's a board game called Pandemic 
that's quite popular right now. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it is interesting. Uh, one interesting story, before we get into the heart of what you want to talk about, Sure, uh, I got to throw out some fun facts. Uh, in, in the Did You Know column, saw an article uh, this weekend, came up Saturday or yesterday. Um, Yahoo Finance interviewed the um, the uh, affairs consumer affairs uh, president of Walmart, okay. He's president of consumer affairs for Walmart, said they've seen a huge spike in tops, sales of tops, shirts, Top. oh. but a huge decline in sales of pants <laughs> because everybody's working from home. And I guess, you know, no one's wearing pants, huh? pants optional. I guess it's shorts, shorts and sweats, I think, is people want to look good from the uh, waist up. But that's uh, funny. Yeah, I guess it their, doesn't all matter. Video conferencing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? So uh, I, th- I found that interesting. There's just some interesting, fun facts as a result of the craziness. Uh, sure. But there's serious things going on out there. You know, death tolls uh, here have arisen. But again, if you just follow the, the guidelines, uh, you know, most people who are young and healthy uh, are not going to be affected, of course. It's uh, the elderly or if you already have some type of respiratory illness, then you have to be very careful. So we're, we're not sure. trying to make light of it, but it is just if you just watch, if you watch the news, you're going to be uh, it's whipping people into a, a crazy panic. Absolutely. No, it's crazy pills. And, you know, it's amazing. Remember, the country, the world has dealt with pandemics so many times, just even in the last hundred years. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. The, the reaction, the overwhelming response, it is very intense this time. Uh, the numbers we're going to talk about today, remember, today's only March 30th, so this is your, your update as of March 30th, so when we get this thing all loaded online, everyone's listening to it on April 1st or in a couple days from now, you know, obviously the data is constantly evolving, but it's my job to give everybody the state of the union. And honestly, I look at stuff in a very positive outlook. I look at the numbers. If you watch the news, everybody's heads on fire, you know, great reason to jump out your window by watching the news. But if you go onto <laughs> the government don't. websites, if you go onto the data websites about this, John Hopkins University, Reuters, there's a bunch of websites where they track the actual just data and information. And honestly, I have to admit in some ways it does tell a little better, little different story than the news. You know, the news really talks about the worst of it kind of a thing. So look, as of today, <clears throat> globally, you have about 750,000 cases that have been identified. Now, remember, identifying a case, Tony, is, is a tough one, right? So you got to test people for it. And the U.S. has really ramped up testings. I mean, they said yesterday on the news that they're doing 100,000 tests a day now, way more than anybody else. And so, you know, mysteriously, we're finding a lot more cases. And, you know, just because we find cases, that doesn't mean these people are all in the hospital, they're all dying kind of a thing, right? We're just trying to test as many people as we can that have any symptoms, so that way we can quarantine, isolate, control the spread of this stuff. But even globally, you know, as of doing the show that I can see, there's a little over 35,000 global cases of people passing away. Look, that sucks. That is unfortunate. That is unpleasant. But let's put it in perspective also. Remember, 10 years ago, <clears throat> the swine flu, the N1H1 breakout, lasted for one year between 09 and 10, and they estimate about 600,000 people died globally. So at the moment, 
we're at, you know, four or five, you know, five and a half percent of that. And we're already about four months into it, you know, by comparison, you know, it's funny, Tony, when I bring up the swine flu and, and say, oh, remember 10 years ago, you know what most people say? What's that? I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't even remember that. Uh, but, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't really remember it though because the stock market didn't go down. Businesses didn't close, you know, it wasn't blood in the street kind of an attitude, but just in the United States, 60,000, excuse me, 60,000, whoa, 60 million people got it in one year in the United States. That's, you know, 20% of our population. It was a big, giant deal. But for some reason, yeah, the was. attitude, the concern, the fear on this one is fundamentally different. The approach of the way we're handling it is fundamentally different. And you know what? That's okay because we don't want sick people. We certainly don't want dying people. We need to protect ourselves and protect our interests. But the nice thing is there's light at the end of the tunnel. Once again, that's why I like following the numbers. You know, it's interesting. So what I follow, what, if you turn on the news, because I was sitting in my office here before we recorded this and I had the news on. And to be fair, doesn't matter what news channel you're on anymore, right? They're all hooting and hollering the same stuff. Yep, they are. The news cycle shows two numbers. Shows total cases, total deaths. Yep. Right? But what's weird is everyone's forgetting about the in-between number, and they bring it up once in a while, and they loosely scratch it at it a little bit, but no one really actively talks about recovery rate. Just because we have cases, how many people are recovering, and what percentage of people are recovering. Because remember, Tony, if you have an increasing recovery rate, that actually means that as a percentage, more people are now getting better than getting sick. Because if so many more people were getting sick and it was just exponential math growing every day, your recovery rate would stay pretty low. You know, if you had 100,000 sick people a day and three people only getting better, you know, that recovery rate's going to stay very mild. So we're looking for where recovery rates as a percentage start to increase because that means they're starting to overcome the amount of new cases. Things are changing. Things are improving. That's what we're looking for. So... Let's look at some of the positives, right? Uh, and and like I said, I check these numbers every single day. I'm watching them every morning, and they're changing every single day. And for the most part, they're going up with everybody. So where where is the first place this started, Tony? Quiz question. Where's the first place to start what? The coronavirus. Where did it break oh, out? Oh, well, where's China. The first place? Hu, hu, okay. Hunan, is it? Uh, Hootenanny? No, Wuhan. Wuhan, that's right. We're, all right, we're changing it to Hootenanny. Every time we talk about this, it's Hootenanny China. Is where it I'm thinking out. of food, Hunan kitchen. But no, no Wuhan. Yes, all right. Wuhan. Yes, So that's even where it as started. of this conversation today, of reported cases in mainland China, 93% of them have fully recovered. You know, in a, in a awesome. few month cycle, that's huge. And once again, it's increasing every day. I mean, I checked this yesterday and it was like 92.2 today. It's 93. It's creeping up all of the time. That's huge. They're getting more people getting better and less and less active cases. Now, granted, there's an argument of the amount of cases they have, you know, did they identify everybody Were there a lot more cases? That's its own issue. All we care about is reported cases. What is happening with reported cases? And at least out of reported cases in mainland China, 93% have recovered. That's kind of a good light at the end of the tunnel. Then we start looking at the other countries that had this before us, right? Japan, South Korea, Italy, Spain, all these other places, Iran. 
So let me just kind of look at the list here. Uh, Japan, at the moment, about 40% fully recovered. South Korea, 54% fully recovered. Iran, 34% fully recovered. Spain, 20% fully recovered. Italy, remember Italy was the bloodbath of the world that everyone talks about, how bad it is there? They're at almost 14% fully recovered. Last time we had this conversation, it was only like 9 or 11 or something, which means, once again, they're starting to get on the right side of this. Now, the United States started having a lot of active cases after these other countries, right? And so right. we actually have the most cases at the moment. We have about from, you know, at least us having this conversation, a little over 140,000 cases in the United States. And so one of the questions becomes, well, gosh, look at, you know, we have so many more than everybody else. Why? And that's a matter of testing, right? We are doing more testing now, 100,000 tests a day. We're identifying as many possible people as we can. It probably does mean that other countries had more cases that they didn't identify. But remember, a lot of cases are mild. A lot of cases aren't reported unless the people were showing up at the hospital. So some of the data that you're reading, people, is like the worst data because we only identified the sickest of the sick kind of a thing. Mm. So the United States has a bunch of cases. But you know what's really cool about this, Tony? What? Is like last, I don't know when it was when I was kind of thinking about this, last Wednesday, last Thursday, something like that. The recovery rate in the United States at that time was only about a half a percent. So remember, we were new to it. We were finding a bunch of cases and no one was really recovering. And you know what? As of today, it's up to 3% recovered. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. That's good news. Yeah. We we want that number increasing because that well, means yeah, it's increasing sure. relative to new cases. And that's huge. I mean, we're already at 3%, and this is like me basically blinking my eyes from a handful of days ago. Yeah. I thought that that was the most exciting thing I could have woken up and seen this morning because obviously it's only 3%. We have a long way to go, but just like the trajectory of all of these other countries, things are going to get better. People are going to recover. Things are going to improve. Even, everybody, if you look at the country's mortality rates, the United States has one of the lowest mortality rates out of the major countries with infections. That's, that's probably, more good news. That's really good. Yeah. We, you know, we have a good healthcare system. We can help these people quite a bit, but also we're testing people and we're getting a good, better understanding of what that mortality rate is. And honestly, the more we test, the lower it's probably going to get. Yeah. This is all good news. It is. Well, you know opinion. what? Well, and, Everybody I know else that wants it to be bad news. Everything's bad news all the time <laughs> lately. Well, and I, I know that uh, Michael, people out there uh, may want to still. I know during this time you can still meet with people, uh, especially virtually over the phone, etc. How do if our listeners want to talk to you about their finances and allocation? And I know we're going to get into the market aspect of what's going on there as well. Sure. Uh, but how can they get a hold of you? No, look, if you're freaking out, if you don't know what to do, if you're, you're having a hard time understanding, especially the financial aspect of this, how it impacts your retirement plans, just call my office, 805-500-7035, 805-500-7035. Obviously, we'll take your call. I'll call you back. We can do a webinar. We can do a phone conference. We can chitty chat about this stuff. I got plenty of meetings this week that I'm doing digitally with clients. So 
I'm available. I'm here to talk to you about it. Obviously, I'm tracking the numbers of the coronavirus to better understand, like I said, the the fairer picture of it versus just the 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 pandemic aspect of the news of it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of good things going on, even though yeah. it's still scary, it's still upsetting, it's still challenging. But once again, let's let's try to have a positive outlook because eventually we're gonna get past this. And yeah. we don't need to be too mentally eroded after the deal. No, yeah, and it, you can get really bogged down and depressed and let the news bring you down, or uh, you can look for the positives. And, you know, looking at the numbers helps. Like, here's here's where it's at, and here are some of the positive numbers that you're not hearing about regularly right. in the news. So well, I think uh, it's a shame. Yeah, yeah it is Total a shame. shame. Yeah. So what about the markets, though? Um uh, they're back. That's a bit of good news. They were up today, right? Yeah, they're up today, but you got you got to be real tread lightly with the old market. So oh, markets yeah. are creatures yeah. of habits. There's a lot of rules that happen in things and there's a lot of moving parts. So let's talk about some of the stuff that happened here. Um, number one, the stock market imploded right from about February 19th until well, last week. Stock market peak to trough was probably off what 35 37%. I mean, it was a pretty massive sell-off. Now, what's interesting is when you do market, we'll say modeling, you look at multiples of earnings, things of that nature. The way that the stock market sold off, you know, up until last week would have really implied that there was going to be a reduction in corporate earnings this year of somewhere between 60 and 80%. That's a massive sell-off. I mean, Tony, holy guacamole. You know, they're saying that companies will lose 60 to 80% of their profitability. Now, let's kind of put that number in perspective because that's a massive percentage number. Tony, do you have any guesses what you think in 2008? Remember that, the uh, last uh, big correction, the worst uh, recession in 100 years kind of a thing? Yep. Um, what do you think, if you guessed, were the actual losses of corporate earnings in 2008? The actual losses? I wouldn't be able to venture, I guess. I know the stocks dropped, what, 20 or 30%? Well, 40? the stock market itself in 08 was down 37%. From peak yeah. to trough, it was down about 51%. Started in the end of 07, right. finished up in the beginning of 09. So it was a long market cycle down. But when the stock market went down, corporate earnings actually physically went down 43% during that time period. Yeah. So that stinks. 43% is a lot. You know, remember worst market cycle kind of in a hundred years, kind of an attitude here. The implosion of the stock market priced in the concept of, of earnings from companies going down 60 to 80%. I mean, you're talking borderline double what happened in 2008. I mean, that's insane. That was pricing in the apocalypse, the most extreme scenario. The government is shutting everything down for months and months. Now, granted, the government has tried to slow things down with social distancing. They've shut down a lot of industries. They've slowed the roll on a lot of businesses, but there's still some basic things moving. There's still some basic economics happening. Uh, the government, the president has extended the concept of social distancing. It sounds like through the end of April. So, there's some of that being priced in, but the reality was at the moment, based on current economics, based on current projections, a 60 to 80% reduction in corporate earnings is probably a little overblown. 
what that led to last week was a pretty healthy bounce in the stock market. I mean, that was an upside swing of like 20% or something in the stock market. Pretty incredible, right? It was the best week, I think, Tony, since like the 1930s. So it went up like a missile, down like a, down like, what's some good analogy we could use here? Down like a <laughs> rock, up like a missile or something. I don't know. Up like a rocket. Up like a rocket. So Down the like a rock, off. up like a rocket. Sold off significantly based on this over expectation of corporate profitability going into the dumpster, dumpster fire of corporate profits. And then the market rebounded last year. You have to be careful with that stuff, everybody, for a lot of reasons. One is there's a very common trading thing that happens in significant market declines. It's called a bear market rally. This happened in the end of 08. This happened in 2001. You know, you, it happened after 1987. You can go find it historically where when you have these deep sell-offs, the market will rebound significantly, 15, 20%. And it ends up kind of being a head fake before it kind of goes back down to retest the lows or hit one more new low before it finds its base. So even though it felt good, it was refreshing. It was nice to see the stock market go up last week. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bet all my ponies on that. I wouldn't say that was it. It's over. The market's going back up. Bada bing, bada boom. Obviously, that's what we would like. And and you know what? Honestly, maybe that is what's happening. Maybe it was such a steep sell-off and it was so extreme, the market's going to go straight back up. You know what? Here, I'm knocking on some wood. I hope that's what happens. If history has any indication of what could happen... It's very likely that the concept of retesting the lows will take place, right? That the market will come back down very comparably to where it was, kind of find some stability there before working its way up. Now, for me, Tony, when I look at the stock market, it's a tough one, right? Because stock market does not like uncertainty. It sold off significantly because of uncertainty. Do you think, Tony, we have just suddenly gained all of this certainty on what's happening with the virus and happening in the world? No. Right. We're still in we're still in Limboville, right? We still have our cases increasing every day. We don't have that apex. We don't have that rounding uh, bell curve yet on the caseload in the United States. The president just extended social distancing another couple weeks from where they thought they might stop it kind of a thing. There's too much uncertainty for me to confidently say, woohoo, we made it. Now, the, you mentioned a second ago, Tony, the stock market's up. There's a lot of mathematical things that happen in stock markets. Remember, today is basically the end of the quarter. A lot of companies have automatically rebalancing into equities at the ends of quarters because what happens is, is think about like a portfolio, a 50-50 portfolio. If your stocks just fell 30% and your bonds just made 5%, do you think mathematically, Tony, you still have your 50-50 stock bond portfolio? No. Your allocations are different. And so yeah, what completely. big so what big funds do is they do quarterly rebalancing. So what's probably happening here in the next handful of days is you have actually big institutions buying more equities and selling bonds, right? We're quarterly rebalancing. So this is kind of just a magical event that could be offering some support in the market artificially just for quarterly rebalancing. So to me, I'm kind of like in the like, ugh. it sounds very counterintuitive, but personally, even though we don't like it emotionally, I would like to see the stock market go down some more. 
I'd like it to see it go down another couple thousand points, kind of back to something of where it was, you know, going back almost two weeks ago. I think that that would offer a lot of validity, a lot of support as we better understand the U.S. coronavirus cases over the next two or three weeks. That's going to offer us a lot more certainty as we understand. I mean, just think about it in a handful of days, Tony, we're going to start getting finally that economic data from March. Think it's going to look very good? Um, no, <laughs> probably not. Right? No. You know, unemployment's going to be up. Manufacturing's going to be down. Nothing's going to be too hot at the moment. And so that's something that. How much sticker shock are we going to see, Tony? Do you remember the unemployment numbers last week? Like the first week they had unemployment after all this stuff. One point two something million or I think it was like 3.2 yeah 3.2 million yeah that's right 3.2 million and the last one week all-time high they had ever had was like six or seven hundred thousand six hundred and fifty thousand in 1982 right so this is like you know blowout economic you know uh like juries you know a lot of people just got laid off a lot of people are on unemployment those things are still persisting those things are still problems so there's a lot of information to work through. Now, granted, let's talk about positives. You know, it came out this morning was home sales in February, right before this really imploded. And they were up 9% year over year. That was actually very nice. Uh, wage growth was up in February year over year. Uh, job numbers were up significantly in February. And then the government has come in and they just created and passed last Friday and Saturday this massive stimulus package. What do you think of that, Tony? Get some... Get your paycheck. Get your get your check. <laughs> I haven't seen any money yet, <laughs> and coming. I don't know how far that twelve hundred dollars will go. But it's coming. Well, you know, maybe you could adopt some kids real quick or something. Get yeah, some that wouldn't cover it. Wouldn't cover so, it. So the way it works, everybody, and we're gonna kind of wrap this up so this doesn't go too long. But I could probably talk about this for two hours. But hey, they passed this massive stimulus bill. It's gonna help with small business bridge loans and payroll loans and all kinds of stuff like that. It's gonna help provide liquidity loan needs for major corporations like airlines and things that are falling apart at the moment. That's all fine. From an individual standpoint, they've bolstered up the unemployment programs. They've made it more readily available to self-employed people who couldn't have it historically, independent contractors. I think they've bolstered up the amount of unemployment you can actually collect. And then they're doing stimulus checks to everybody who filed a tax return, at least in 2018. It's 1200 bucks per individual adult. It's 500 bucks per kid. It is capped out. If you're an individual person, you get a check. If you made under 75,000 on your adjusted gross income, you get no check. If you made over a hundred grand, if you're married, you make less than 150 grand, you get your checks. If you make over 200 grand, you get no checks. So that's fine. I, you know, I have my opinion on that. I'm not going to give it because I don't think any of you would like it. So anyways, that was like a (laughs) negative way to. (laughs) Well, yeah, you started off positive and then uh, we kind of ended on a more negative note, but you have to be realistic as well. And I think it's important that you pointed out a lot of these issues. Now, one more time before we go, we're going to wrap up the show, but let our listeners know how they can set up a, a consultation with you. A virtual meeting or phone meeting. That's right. Yeah, look, this is suddenly, suddenly, suddenly the age of technology, right? 
We can handle everything digitally. We can chitty chat over the phone. We can do video conferencing. We can use GoToMeeting. Um, give me a call. 805-500-7035. 805-500-7035. Visit my main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. But look, there's a lot of chaos going on. If you have a proper retirement income plan, if you know where your income is coming from, you're pretty immune from this stuff. The portfolios and plans I create for clients, I still have people invested in the stock market, but it's with the long-term money. So we're not concerned about these short-term market cycles. This too shall pass. In a year, the stock market is going to be significantly higher than it is today. So you just need to be positive. You need to be patient and you need to take advantage of that too. This can be opportunistic. It might be the time to be rebalancing and being a little more aggressive. Call me and we can talk about that. 805-500-7035. As always, Tony, you're the man. I appreciate being here keeping this all together. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Wealth Puzzle with our host, Michael Mansfield. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.